The views expressed in this episode may be distressing and controversial for some audiences. The opinions expressed are not held by Why Believe or its associates. Listener discretion is advised. of having a convent called Uni Acres. It's going to be multiple convents. On today's show, I meet a Christian musician turned cult leader. You will be shocked. I think there's been an orchestrated effort on this planet to distract us. The amount of telepathy that I experience is insane. Because before you put your hands on your head and you said, I'm downloading, I'm getting information. I'm interacting with a spirit with personality. If they want to get off the medication, I'll give them, you know, the the information of like how I did it. I think, you know, schizophrenic people being um, people who are often plagued by demons, which we all have. I have. You've tuned in to Why Believe, the world's most controversial podcast on religion and belief with TikToker and researcher Kale O'Donnell. So, you Nicole, tell me a little bit about yourself. I am an alien born in a human body. I'm a pop star cult leader. I am here on planet Earth on a mission to spread joy and to heal some of the more toxic structures that have plagued Earth for centuries. When did you get this mission? When did you learn about this mission? It was something that I was always a little bit aware of, but obviously you don't want to believe something like that. So you just pretend like, well, that was a weird thought. And you just go along with the world until there's a point in time where you can't, right? Where you have to say, okay, I'm going to like step into this thing that has been eating at me for my whole life. Um, So for me, it was around uh, between the years 2012 and 2014, I underwent my spiritual awakening and, um, and really started realizing the truth of who I am and, and what I'm doing here. Wow. So where did, where did you come from? Did you have any experience in other religions or spirituality? How did you learn about spirituality? I was a born baptized Catholic, but very casually. It was like my grandparents wanted me to be, so I was. And then um, was raised really kind of just, eh, you know, religion, you know, but it wasn't like a thing in our house. And then when I turned 12, um, I got this like intense desire to, well, I had a friend who introduced me to like this really intense like youth group. And so I got really into that. And I was like, I became a born again Christian. And I like started really delving into that in middle school. And then like, I had some really profound spiritual experiences that led me to, um, to being a Christian and to being a pretty passionate Christian until I was about, uh, 14 or 15. And, um, when I was 14 or 15, I was dating someone who basically was like, religion is dumb and everyone who's smart, like doesn't believe in God. Like it's just science. You know, we were just teenagers, but for me, I I felt like, Oh no. Like, but I felt like God, like I've, I've felt God. (laughs) So Mm. I was pretty confused about that, but I didn't want to be stupid. So, um, I was like, (laughs) I guess that this person's right. And I guess that, you know, and I started tuning more into that idea that science Mm. was real. So then I just became an atheist nihilist for, um, I don't know, 10, 10 plus years and, uh, tried to kill myself because it just led me, led me to just total despair. I had no, Mm. no purpose, no light. I had only chaos as my religion for a long time. Actually, 
I got involved in this religion, which I, I almost don't even want to say, um, when mm-hmm. I was like at the, at the lowest point of my life, um, okay. called the, the church of euthanasia. And mm-hmm. they are all about like, kill yourself, save the planet. So when I was really depressed, um, I sort of adopted this idea that like humans are a scourge on the earth. Like, why are we here? Living is harming. I want to die. So that actually like those beliefs sort of fed into and reflected my beliefs at the time, which led me, you know, to decide to kill myself. Wow. That's a really sort of dark path that you went on for a while there. And you mentioned that sort of started out when you became sort of into yourself as an atheist or you started to write we weren't as convinced anymore of, of a god and so you're on this sort of atheist path how did you get yourself out of it how did you dig yourself out of that um difficult spot um i created unicult which is the mm-hmm. religion that i created so uh, unicult is a collaborative effort dedicated to the promotion of joy and mm-hmm. it's based on the idea that like yeah, the world does suck, but we can have hope. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that spirituality does offer. That's something that I was lacking as an atheist nihilist was that Mm. hope. I I only had the cynicism. In Unicult, we have the path to joy. And we say the first step on the path to joy is cynicism. So it Mm -hmm. really does require being like, wow, this is fucked up. Like, things do suck. Like we are disempowered. We are like given all these toxic ideas and toxic foods and, you know, it's just endless. Mm. And so we start from that place, but then the idea of moving into hopefulness and saying an empowerment and saying, we have the potential to change the world. We have the potential to make our lives better. That's really where I started turning it all around. Mm. I mean, what you did was really interesting. Uh, It was sort of like, a power move kind of thing again sort of like the religion uh in a sense like the religions that you you had experienced it was sort of like i'm going to create my own was your creation of unicol uh, uni, um cult was it a retaliation or were you passionate about wanting to start this new um this this new movement i don't know that it was a direct retaliation i think i just saw religion as slow moving and old mm-hmm. and archaic and not really mm-hmm. that helpful and also rooted in a lot of toxic ideas. As I started, you know, listening to my own true heart, which is really what we teach in Unicult is like, if each person mm-hmm. listens to their own true heart, they're gonna be tuning into the highest frequency. And so as I started doing that, I realized religion wasn't going to serve me. It's just still rooted in these like weird, like sexist, patriarchal, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like that, again goes on and on fear it's fear based and so my understanding of joy is that anything that's fear or pain can be healed and when you're when you heal fear and pain you're left with just like pure pure happiness mm. so yeah that's that's kind of i don't know if there was a retaliation but it was a solution i like that so it was it was not retaliation it was solution and that you you were able to solve it do you think that your movement um, is is going to be a big movement. Do you think that it's going to be one day eventually going to be like one of the main religions? Would you would you hope it would be? I I honestly have so much belief in that that I often look at my life and say, "Am I crazy?" Because <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure this is going to be like one of the most important movements that we have 
in this century. And I, and I don't say that from a place of ego. I say it from mm -hmm. a place of Unicult is acting as the, the communication of, the translation of another movement that's happening with or without Unicult. Unicult is the pop cultureification of the spiritual movement. Unicult is the translation in simple terminology of what this planet is undergoing as far as this radical shift from what we consider to be 3D to 5D reality. These are, you know, new age spiritual concepts, but I also mm. believe 100% that they're true. And in my, you know, however long of believing in this stuff, I've seen it happening. So could you tell me what does the, what is the, you said 3D, 5D reality. What is the 3D, 5D reality? It's, it's basically you can, how do you describe it? You can kind of say that it's like rooted in this idea of simulation reality, right? Where we are in the matrix. Let's just say it that way. We've got all these programs running about gender, about um, capitalism, about money having value, all these shared beliefs that we're programmed with pro TV programs and in magazines and our social reality. Um, it's basically our entire social reality was sort of predicated on something other than truth. And I don't know why, I don't know how we got here. It's really strange, but it's all about, you know, it, like authenticity hasn't mattered. And what's really just mattered is just like pretending to be something so you can get money. So you can like pretend like you're rich so you can like drive your yacht or whatever, like these weird, like, material reality things and it's this and, and material science goes into this too just the idea that like science is our new religion things have to be proven in the physical realm the the idea that this that our entire reality is is so focused on the physical on how we look on how you know on our on our age on how, what we own all of these toxic ideas that we've been running these programs can no longer continue to operate because they're, mm. they're out of alignment with truth Truth prevails. Truth is pure energy. Truth is you wake up, you don't want to go to work, you get to say that. Truth is you don't feel like a boy or a girl, you get to say that. You know, we're, we're moving into these ways of thinking. The way I think of it is like you take black and white and you move it into a rainbow. You've got black mm. and white, that's the duality. That's, you know, it's either us versus them. It's boy or a girl. There's a lot of different instances of this like very hardcore dualistic thinking of trying to fit into boxes. And you, you transform that into the rainbow of infinite expression of people being their unique energy and having their unique vibrations, their unique presence mm. on earth. So for me, that's, that's the best way to describe it. Moving from 3D reality, which is sort of this matrix idea of running these like very physical programs into a more spiritual reality, which is a more true reality, which is just a more aligned, authentic reality. Wow. It sounds a lot more fun in the 5D reality. There's a lot more things going on. I'm just curious to know, does Unicult, in terms of you said that these constructs that we had socially, so the, um, the social constructs of like gender, sexuality, things like that have been ruled by religions for a long time and they've been turned into, in some religions, sins. I'm just curious to know, is there any sins in Unicult? I think that there are, 
but um but they're not written down in the sense that it's like there's no hard or fast rules other than don't harm anyone we teach to let everyone listen to their own true heart we teach that we're all one so that idea is actually pretty simple it's just the idea that like whatever energy you're putting out into the world you have to feel before you put it out so if you're trying to like hurt someone you have to feel the energy of like wanting to hurt someone, you're gonna feel the same pain that you're trying to inflict. So it really makes no sense to, to try to hurt someone because you're just hurting yourself. When we start to understand that we're all one and that we're directly affected by our actions, there, there doesn't need to be any like punishment or like sins or like attempts to control people's behavior because we all have the compass within ourselves, which is our own understanding of, of how we feel. It's like very basic, you know, preschool stuff, do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. Like feel how you feel when you do stuff. If we can only learn to just feel into our actions, we don't need rules. We don't need any of that because we're self-governed. Wow. So would you say that by moving into something like a uni in, in something like the unicult, you're stepping into an understanding of the 5D realities. So if somebody was more into the 5D realities, do you think that the world would be more of a happier place? Yeah, it, it goes back and forth, right? You're still living in a, in a reality that has been, it's, it's running old programs still. We still live in like these old programs, but the only way we're going to change it is if we all break out of those programs on our individual reality. And that's what Unicult teaches. So people who join Unicult are like, wow, you know, I've always felt this way and I've never really felt like I was allowed to feel this way. And now I do. So in that process, people are actually breaking free from these rigid confines that were placed on them. And they're, they're finding their own 5D reality. And by finding that resonance of their truth and radiating it out, it's changing the entire structure. Wow. So I'm curious to know, I know it might be going deep, but it goes back to, you said earlier that it was quite weird for you to think about um, the sort of the creation of the world or how, what is the purpose of this? And, and you, you use the word weird. What's, how do Unicult explain um, this universe, how it came here and, and the purpose of this universe? That, that is something I don't presume to know, um, but I have, I have a theory. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. My theory is that, that the thing that gets things done is intent, right? We know that. Mm -hmm. We know that when we have intent, we do something and that creates that thing. We also know that time is sort of a three-dimensional, four-dimensional construct that we're in. And theoretically, if you're in a higher state of being, time doesn't really exist or you experience it in a completely different way. When we're talking about, you know, the universe starting, it's outside of time. It doesn't make sense, but that's fully agreed upon. So when I think about the universe starting, I think that it must be created by all the intent of all the things that are created and will be created and that intent getting kind of put into one moment what's right. the purpose of the entire universe i get i get a little sardonic about this sometimes you know but i think the only way to really survive and thrive is to assume that at the root of the purpose of the universe is cosmic humor and joy 
it's really quite simple, your explanation, and it's quite, it's substantial as well. I mean, it's beautiful. I can see the attraction to Unicult, why people would want to be too attracted to it. You pull all the good things out about life and things. I'm curious to know, when life gets shit, what do people do in Unicult? Do they pray to you? Do they pray to something? Um, I think that it's different for each person. We talk a lot about boundary setting. Um, if some, like if, if life is shit, like what's happening in your life? Maybe there's someone who's being toxic in your life. Can you set your boundaries? Maybe you're just like experiencing, we've been talking a lot about seasonal depression and how that gets a lot of us down. Um, maybe it's like you have to go to this job, even though you know you're a cosmic being. Like, why do you have to go to this job? You know? <laughs> so these are very normal things to, to get you down and it's really okay to be down. I, I don't think we... I think that's something that gets misunderstood about Unicult a lot is people think like we have to always be happy and like we're just like eradicating negative thinking and, and negative feelings, but that's not true. It's more just like we're moving toward authentic joy, which comes through working through all the dark stuff and the bad stuff. In Unicult, we have a lot of support. There's a lot of support from the community. And I think we have a, we have a whole section called problems and solutions where people just like voice when they're having a hard time and get support. And that can be really helpful. Mm. So does your cult believe in a God? We believe in the spirit of uni, which is that which connects all dimensions. The idea is that the entire universe is a system for that system to exist, there has to be at least one underlying factor that connects all parts. And we believe that that is the spirit of uni, otherwise known as love. So in, in your cult, there's a spirit called uni and it's a spirit of love. It's like the spirit of love, but it's experienced differently in all dimensions. It's just like in this dimension, that's what we call it. Wow. It's, I mean, it's quite similar I'm, I'm drawing some, some interesting sort of links here to the Christian God. Uh, in the Christi Christian religion, um, God is the, uh, is the essence of just love itself. Do you see... Did I, you I, missed, I missed that part in Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, that, it's an interesting thing um, to see. And, and some people do miss it. And, and I'm curious to know, how did you, how did you miss that in Christianity, the sort of the love, um, was it something that you were in a different denomination? What kind of denomination were you in Christianity? I was in the denomination where he's just like a bearded white guy, like jealous in the sky, like created us for his own entertainment, but he okay. loves you. So if I joined Unicult and, um, I started to sort of, um, take it to the nth degree and I started praying to you and bowing down to you, how do you, how do you sort of cope if, if you started getting followers that started exalting you as the next Jesus. That's cool. I think like the main thing that like is an issue is if people don't see the bigger picture. This hasn't happened yet, um, which is pretty incredible. I mean, people definitely are attracted to Unicult because they're attracted to me sometimes. That happens, of course. And and that's something that mm. I that I use and that I'm happy to use to get people to listen. You know, it's one of my tools. Um, I'm blessed to look the way that I look and to have the communication abilities that I have. But for people to like only walk away with that and have that as like the main thing that they're like focused on, it's missing the point. And like I said, I don't think anybody has actually done that. I think at the very most people have conflated um, 
you know, their, their appreciation of me a little bit, but then, but then they get wrapped into the community and then it changes their life because the, the substance of the content is, is so life-changing and valid. So yeah, I don't really have to do anything. I think sometimes if people come in with that energy, they quickly realize that's not what's happening and they integrate. Mm. So I'm curious to know now in lots of religions and in lots of cults, there's a lot to do with money. I'm curious to know what do your followers owe you? Do they owe you money? Uh, we say attention is a commodity. We also say attention is a commodity because it's like such a holy, attention is like the main currency that we talk about in Unicult. Um, because when we pay attention to things, that's what causes things to bloom and grow. Attention is like a precursor to intent. So um, we talk about attention mostly. Money is a thing that we all need. And um, Unicult costs a lot of money to run and operate. And there's a lot of different things that go into that. I have an online store that people support through getting, you know, the book and crystals and the application. The application costs $11. It's a lifetime fee of $11. People give me a really hard time about this, but that's literally what it costs to go to lunch one time. So I feel like I can stand by my $11 application fee. It's only gone people up by $1 as well, because it used to be $10, I believe. It used to be $10 uh, in 2014 or something. Yeah. <laughs> so only an inflation of $1 in, in that many years. What costed extra a dollar? Was it was the inflation of online <laughs> resources or the crystals had a bit of a, of a, a growth? Or <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it to be 11, 11. Oh, I was right. like, why is it 10? It needs to be 11, 11, duh. <laughs> <laughs> now, That's um, the inflation, the spiritual inflation. The spiritual inflation. So I suppose that's one thing that lots of, like I said, religions and spiritualities, um, they, or cults, they have about the, the money thing. But it sounds as if it's quite reasonable. Um, $11, like you say, it doesn't seem like a lot of money, um, but it really just goes back into the running costs uh, of this, um, of this, of this it barely, I mean, it used to cover a welcome package, but then I realized I was losing about $5 per member in sending them a welcome package. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is not sustainable. So eventually I changed it and I'm about to change it again. Um, as far as like getting a welcome package, cause like the materials and the shipping materials and even having like having to like rent a larger house for a store, you know, mm -hmm. and having like all the materials like for, for that and interacting with people through the mail is very time intensive and, uh, and costly. And, you know, this is like all the online stuff, you know, like paying for acuity and zoom and all the storage mm. online, you know, it's just like all these different fees add up. And, and I also count, you know, like the money that I put into, um, you know, my self care and my image as, as promotional materials, you know, like at least the image aspect is promotional and stickers. I mean, it doesn't seem like it should add up to what it does, but it's like just so much time and money. Currently I'm not, um, I'm, I'm like dog sitting to supplement my income. Cause I don't, I don't make, uh, I, I do not make enough money to like live also, you know, cult basically just mm. funds itself right now. That'll change in the future. Um, but yeah, I get a lot of donations from people and it helps, it helps me get new inventory for the store. It helps me, um, you know, get better materials, get books printed, things like that. I want to ask you, is your cult in some form of um, convent? Is there some sort of 
gated community somewhere. Will you eventually start to move towards having your own church building or trying to hide away from the world? You mentioned that the world can be toxic in the 3D dimension. Will you ever get to a stage where you have all these 5D dimension people and you go and hide in a, in a, hide in a convent in a, in a gated community? We could do that and it would probably be very peaceful and lovely, but um, our goal with Unicult is to change the world. Our goal is to change ourselves and to raise our own vibrations and by effect, change every industry and by effect, change the vibration of the entire planet. If we go and hide away, I mean, even if I do that, you know, that would be, this appeals today, that appealed to me a lot. I thought a lot about that. It would be so nice if I just ran away and lived in a cabin and didn't have to do any of this. Um, I was feeling a little, pretty upset today. Uh, with mm. with people misunderstanding what I'm doing, you know, but um, but no, I mean, I I think that everyone in Unicult is on board to um to change the world, and that means being integrated into the world. So we ha we do have a goal of having a convent called Uni Acres. It's going to be multiple convents um around the the U.S. and maybe the world, and is that these are just places of of high creativity and um, of food growth and of probably hemp growing and uh, things like that, things that can sustain the cult, but also um, enlighten people. And my vision for that is that they'll be open to everyone. People can come and visit. And, you know, even if they're not cult members, they'll be able to see what we do, take classes, you know, do different meditations, work in the garden, and just maybe have like a, a spiritual retreat or an artist residency, things like that. We just want to make a sanctuary space for people who need to need to take a break from from the real reality but also integrate into it i like that so it's not trying to hide away from the world but it's trying to do your best to integrate into the world and to raise everyone else up as so as opposed to being hidden away but wanting to share that information and share the knowledge that you've got um, I'm curious to know now the knowledge that you do have is astounding. You have um, some amazing videos, some great videos on crystals and some videos on tarot cards. I am an atheist and I'm not a spiritual person. So I don't know the first thing about anything to do with the supernatural. I want to know, is tarot cards just a game? Is it just a way to trick people? Um, or is it actually something real? Is there real powers in that? Tarot cards are real. I do not know how they work. I know all the cards and I can read them and I feel as though when I use them, I'm interacting with a spirit with personality. Who is that spirit? Is it my higher self? Is it a spirit that's infused into the tarot cards? I don't know. But when you practice tarot, you tune into this and everyone agrees. Like some people are like confident, oh, you're just tuning into your higher self who already knows all the answers. Um, I don't know how it works. It's not a game. It's, it's a real form of divination. Um, and it's very effective. I've actually learned quite a lot through it. Um, oftentimes people will say, oh, I was doing this. I'll be like, I know, because my tarot cards will tell me. Um, and I really do have quite a lot of knowledge and information about the future, the world around me, people who I'm not in, in, in direct contact with, um, that I learned from tarot cards. And, and it's just, I've been using them since I was nine and it's just like, I wouldn't continue to use them if they didn't work. It's so weird. Chris, do you want to know about crystals? And yeah. What about the crystals? What's, what, what's the attraction to, to, to rocks and things like that? What do they hold in them? Why would someone like me 
invest in, in crystals? Crystals are highly organized molecular structure material. So they have uh, perfect lattices in them. And that means that they operate in a really interesting way in this, in this reality, in this dimension. Crystals are basically transmitters of energy and qualifiers of energy. So they attenuate energy as it goes through it. We have crystals in our body, there's crystals in our bones, there's crystals in our third eyes, um, there's crystals in our teeth, there's crystals in all computers and all phones. The idea of what a crystal has the potential to do is, they're also piezoelectric, which means that if you give uh, a squeeze to a crystal, it emits a low level electrical charge. They actually have that, that's what makes them good attenuation and, um, and oscillators and uh, conductors and computers. So there isn't, there is an exchange very scientifically, you know, just if you're looking at it scientifically, there is an exchange of energy that's happening. Um, as far as what I believe crystals are, are, are here to do, I believe that they're sort of like pieces of condensed earth energy that are, um, that can help qualify and radiate energy to and from your psychic being. Your so energy when body. I go into the psychic shops, um, and I see a rock like the crystals that say the crystal of love and the crystal of truth and the hope and everything. Is there, would you say in your definition, and it's an intense, dense form of hope if in that rock. And if I have that crystal in my house, would I be emitting hope into my atmosphere? Is that how it works? It's a lot that goes into it. That wouldn't be, I wouldn't say that straight, straight, straightforward. I would say that, if I was recommending anybody who's skeptical to want to learn about crystals, go into a crystal store and just hold each one in your hand and see if you feel, if you feel anything. My first experience with a crystal um, that changed my mind about them was a Herkimer diamond. I, my friend said, feel this crystal. And she put it in my hand and it, it, zap, like it zapped me, you know, energy shot through my arm and into my body. And it was only a tiny little rock this big. I couldn't explain that. And then I just kept having more extreme situations. I, um, I had this crystal that was uh, a large fluorite crystal and I would meditate with it when I had my period and I would be under my covers. My body would be wrapped around it. I'd be radiating heat into this crystal for like an hour and it would only get colder and colder. Things like that. You're like, okay, this is really strange because it's a rock. It should definitely be heating up, but it's just getting colder and colder. It's on my skin. So I think that you have to you have to feel it to understand what's going on. Um, the reason why a lot of crystals have reputations for certain things is because people have repeatedly experienced that. That's up to you, though. You know, you can't just take a rose quartz and be like, "This is definitely giving me unconditional love." Without feeling it, what's the point of that? There's also the caveat of how crystals are mined. There's a really big issue right now with crystals becoming more popular and people who are mining the crystals not having the same. Uh, level of understanding of what they're doing and they're sort of raping the earth you know they're they're acting they're acting in a way that that is that is that is hurting the earth um, in the mining practices so the crystals come out with this with this pain-filled energy and so there's a there's a you really have to just be careful when you get crystals you have to really resonate with it yourself and you have to really sit with it and see how does this crystal make me feel and if if you don't feel anything like don't don't mess with them, you know, but the thing is that a lot of crystals have the potential to help you telepathically connect with your higher self, with angels, aliens, guides, um, spirits, 
you know, your true heart. They can, they can help balance all your chakras. So your energy body is basically full of these different, um, energies that are flowing through you. And there's, you know, it's believed that there's different centers of energy in your body that, that govern the different aspects of your lymphatic system. It's actually connected to your lymphatic system. So, you know, let's say you, you're, you're a shy person, you have trouble talking. Well, there are crystals that help with your throat chakra that can help release blockages there. So, you know, there's things you have to do psychologically, but there's also, and physically, but sometimes there's things you have to do spiritually as well that can really, really benefit you. Even if it's psychosomatic, which I don't believe it is, but even if it is and it helps you, hey, you know, that's cool. It helped you. Wow. There's a lot there to, to really unpack when you're talking about things that I've never heard about, eyes in my forehead and um, that kind of thing. You mentioned, and I was curious about telepathy um, because you you had a video where you were talking to plants and I don't know if you were being serious that you can talk to plants. Can you talk to plants? You can absolutely talk to plants. It's not that hard either. Um, what do they say to you? They are really nice. They're really freaking nice. And I will tell you, I know. And like, the thing is we've got this whole sort of orchestrated attack on tree huggers. Like, you know, that like if you that term tree, oh, tree huggers, and it's like supposed to be this like derogatory term, and it's supposed to make you so you like never would hug a tree. But I swear to you, that is like some kind of spiritual warfare. If you go hug a tree, you will get a download of energy and information that you will hardly believe because trees are highly telepathic with humans. If you go and you open your mind up to a tree and you hug it, or you even just sit with it, put your hand on it, and say, you know, you have to really, I know it takes a lot to be like, I'm talking to a tree. Like, I know that that takes a lot, but if you can get there and you can open your mind up to that, you will be, you will be shocked. What do trees say? They say, you're doing great. We love you. Trees are so supportive. They're like the most supportive beings. They're just like, they just love and love and love. They don't like, they don't even see anything negative about humans. They just love humans. Wow. It's like a dog. Like dogs just love humans, you know? So are you saying that plants can speak to humans in different ways? So the trees would say and be of an encouraging sound. What would the, uh, what would sort of like uh, grass be? Do grass say something different or? Yeah, grass is more like, shh. Like, you know? <laughs> There's not as much consciousness uh, focused in grass as there is a tree. Trees are beings. Um, bushes you know it's so funny i know how crazy this sounds but you know when you tune into this it's like it's like when you look at a um an elephant and you know that this elephant has this like deep understanding and then you look at like a moth right and you're like okay that moth still is conscious like i can still kind of get the vibe of the moth but it's not going to be like the same as an elephant you know Mm. Um, in that way, plants have the same kind of spectrum of consciousness, not to say that one is more valuable than the other, but just as far as like being close to or similar to our own consciousness, it's, it's more like what's easiest to communicate with. I don't know. Being grass seems kind of like a, a, a sort of multi-sensory experience, whereas being a tree is more like just kind of like a solid presence throughout time. Uh, is what you believe verging on the point of mental health issues at all? Do you believe that? In what way? In, I suppose, you know, the symptoms of certain mental illnesses of sort of um, thinking 
you know, that things are out there. Some people might think that spirits and um, you've talked about like mermaids and stuff existing. Would you say that, because you've got some opinions about mental illness and they're very interesting. What would, what's your perspective on mental illness and balancing these beliefs? The bravery that it takes for me to say, yeah, you can talk to trees. You know, I'm not saying that from a place of like, not knowing how that sounds. Like I know how that sounds, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I also know that it's true. And so um, to be so totally aligned with truth and to be so totally sure of reality at the same time as knowing that that's not going to translate and that people, a lot of people will just simply not be able, like their threshold is not anywhere near the threshold that I'm radiating out. Um, I get that and I understand that. And and I struggled with that a lot when I first started on this path, you know, and that the only reason why I'm so brave and the only reason why I'm able to like stand here and speak my truth is because I was at a point of literally either dying or living. And I got, I had to make that choice. And the only way that I was going to endure another year on this planet at this point was to believe whatever I wanted. And so I started from that place of just like, if I don't believe in magic, even though I know it's not real, this is where I started. I said, I know magic isn't real, but I have to believe in it because it's the only thing that makes me happy. It's the only thing that like is bright in this horrible reality. So I started from that place and I just said, yeah, I know I'm crazy, but I just have to believe in unicorns because it makes me happy and it makes me not want to kill myself. Like, I'm so quirky, you know, but then moving through it and moving into my spiritual awakening and like realizing all this stuff is freaking real and having like other people support me in these beliefs. Like I have hundreds of friends who all have the same experience as me, um, feeling like they're star seeds, feeling like they can speak to aliens, meditating, you know, tuning into these frequencies, being able to talk to plants, being able to talk to animals. I'm validated in this thing. And I think that that's what's something that's so beautiful about the internet is that in the 1960s, even if I did follow this path of like being true to my heart and even being totally validated in everything I believe, I wouldn't have the social support or the social feedback to validate or legitimize anything that I believed. And I would probably end up in a mental hospital. Like that's true. But the thing is that I'm, I'm not in a void and the things that I do believe are reflected back at me as repeatable occurrences. The, the amount of telepathy that I experience is insane. I mean, like every day I say, I wish I could go to a coffee shop with my friend, but I'm like, I don't want to bother them. I show up at the coffee shop and they're there. Or, you know, I, I, I got kicked out of somebody's house yesterday for saying the word brainwashing. They said, get out. The guy I'm seeing, he was joking around with his friend, you know, 800 miles away. And he's, he said to his friend, get out. And he told, like, I told him, oh, I got kicked out of the house. And he said, I was joking about this also. Infinite every day, just like example after example. So all I'm trying to say is, yeah, I know I sound crazy, but I'm not. And I know that because I've repeated all these things over and over and over again. And the only reason why I can be brave enough to say these things is because I was put in a place, in a position of either dying or believing what I, what I wanted to believe. 
I believe that our true hearts, our whims, lead us to deeper truths. I think there's been an orchestrated effort on this planet to distract us from our own spiritual power. And I think that by listening to our own true hearts, we tune back into that power. We have the ability to access any information that we want to through meditation, through accessing the Akashic fields, through accessing our higher selves. Our bodies are sensors. We can tune into any frequency. All of these things are evident when you start delving into spirituality and you start reading different texts. You see the same thing over and over again from the 1930s, the 1800s, the 1960s. People who never read each other's work. It, it's all connected because this is, a, this is a, a thread that has gone through our society without people being validated in it and with people being shamed and medicated and electroshock therapied and lobotomized for, for knowing and speaking these truths. So yeah, everyone who believes these things is afraid on some level that they're insane, that they you know, might just be schizophrenic, that they might just be crazy because that's the programming that's running in our culture about these things. We're meant to feel scared, too scared to look into them because they are incredibly empowering. What's your response to what does your cult do for people who are ridded with demons? What does the spirit of uni do? Do you exercise people? Are demons things to be afraid of? Or do you work with them to help people come out with their joy and love and, and live a, a good life? How do you heal schizophrenia era? or how do you address that? The, the way that I kind of explain demons and all spirits and all angels and all aliens, right? Let's say that you learn how to tune into your telepathic abilities or you're being, you're being visited by entities. This happens to a lot of people. They'll be visited by entities. You wake up, you see an entity by your bed, you say, this is a weird dream and you go back to sleep. You know, there's a lot of people who have experiences like this. So how do you determine what's good and what's bad. I say it's like when you leave your house, if you just left your house with your eyes closed and you started asking people's advice, you know, you might run into a good person, you might run into a bad person, you might run into someone who's trying to fuck you over for some reason, you might run into someone who's really helpful. You need to learn how to distinguish between different energies. If you are being attacked by darker energies, which we all have, I have, um, there's a lot you can do, Part of it is saying, setting your boundaries in the spiritual realm. It's the same as setting your boundaries in the physical realm. This is just like, it's just the same, but it's like an invisible reality. So we have to just sort of start visualizing and believing in this, in this other level of reality, in this energetic level of reality in order to start, start to make sense of it. So with beings who are in alignment with the highest good for all, that's what I say, you know, and I repeat that. And I, when I started tuning in, I used to be so afraid of all spiritual entities. I refused when I was a witch, I refused to even invoke the cardinal directions because I was like, I don't want to invoke anything. I don't want to invoke any kind of energy. But as you go, you say, you learn how to set your boundaries and then raise your own vibration. If you're in a high frequency, and this is true of, of spiritual beings, and this is true of physical beings, if you're in a high vibration, you're not going to be around negative energy. Like negative energy in you will simply not vibe. And it's like, it's, you're just going to miss each other. 
It's like you're in a completely different threshold of reality. If you're being attacked by demons, I say set your boundaries, say I do not give permission to these entities to be attacking me. You can pray to higher beings. We say pray to something higher. It doesn't matter what it is. Conceive of something higher that has the ability to protect you. Um, I personally employ a lot of violet flame meditations. It's the idea of it's from the I Am Foundation, a spiritualist movement. Um, you just sort of encase your body in, in violet flames and it burns away anything that's discordant or negative. I think it's up to each person to sort of conceptualize of these things that happen in their own way and to, to find solutions, like explore a lot of different options. You have to believe that something's going to work for it to work you know? Um, mm. so there's a million ways to get rid of a demon, but, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm right the there with you. you. Like yeah. I get it. I know I'm aware. Like I'm, I'm actually not a crazy person. I just sound like one. I'm actually but like she, so logical and like rooted in like, you know, reality. I'm curious to know if somebody came to you in your church and they happen to have something like um, bipolar disorder or something like that, and they decided to use medications and go sort of the medical route, what would you respond to them uh, with? I mean, I, I wouldn't say anything um, unless they were asking me for advice. You know, for me particularly, I have an aversion. I don't, I'm not saying I, I don't believe in, in the medical industry, um, I do have an aversion to greed-based industries. And the pharmaceutical company is a, is a the pharmaceutical um, industry is an industry that at its very root has greed at the root. And unfortunately that's true. Um, I don't see that they have true benefit at the root of what they're doing. And because of that, it means that a lot of times they are over medicating people they're medic i literally had a girl message me the other day she said hey just found you i have bpd too i'm wondering if you're on any medications and i said no they didn't work out for me and she said well i was recently prescribed these hardcore medications because i'm in an abusive relationship and i refuse to get out of the relationship and it's making me depressed and it's like get out of the relationship. Why are you taking a drug? You know, but I, you know, I didn't say that to her. This is just my opinion to her. I said, well, I, you know, I think you should join Unicult because we have a really supportive community and hopefully she could build up the tools that she needs to, to eradicate the actual problem from her life um, rather than trying to medicate herself to be numb to someone who's physically abusing her. Um, I'm not saying every situation is like that. There are a lot of people who say that medication benefits them. There's a lot of people in Unicult who I'm sure are on medication and I probably don't create the best um, environment to talk about it. I know that's true, but I also had such a bad experience on it. Um, it really was really fucked up how heavily I was medicated. I was medicated to the point that I didn't know where I was at any given time. And that was just me taking like what the doctor had prescribed. And it's because I, I just kept saying, well, I'm depressed, like I'm sad. And it's like, I was sad for good reason. I was sad because I was being expected to be someone I wasn't. I was being expected to live a life I didn't want to live. You know, so I really do believe that a lot of times when we have depression, when we have these kind of more intense um, emotional states, they're, they're indicators of another problem. And I think 
unfortunately, the the way that the the medical industry uh, approaches it is not really to address that deeper problem. It's just to medicate. So I give support to everyone to make their own decisions. I don't say like, you know, I don't tell anybody to get off their medication. If they want to get off their medication, I'll give them, you know, the, the information of like how I did it. But it's a tough, touchy situation. I just wanted to know in the spiritual world, what is medications in the spiritual realm? Getting a download. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it's a big answer. Um, when you see the world from the highest perspective, everything is pure energy interacting with other energy. It's information and it's information that relates to other information. So when we ingest something, whether it be a food or a drug, it's giving information to our physical bodies. And there's two different levels. In Unicult, we talk about different levels of reality. There's the level of your personal belief, which is why placebos work. You know, if you, if you take mm. a medication and you say, this is going to help me, and then you take it into your body, it could be water you know, it doesn't matter what it is, that on, on some level is going to work. There's also the second reality of, um, of the physical reality, which is how the molecules actually interact with the physical, the molecules of your body and change your brain chemistry and change your body chemistry. And so those two things work together um, to create an altered experience, uh, which is the, the same as, you know, if you drink a soda or you eat, an apple or, you know, it's just, it's happening in a, in a very specific way. And I really think when you start to look at things from that super high level perspective of pure energy, you start to see like the things, like I, I said before, are, are created with intent and, um, and the intent of whatever that medication is, you know, uh, I, I believe is carried through. So the intent of, you know, making profit, you know, if it, let's say there's a, there's a drug that was made to actually help people, but then that drug goes out of, um, patent and they try to make another drug to just for the greed-based purpose of like replacing that drug and there's really like no intention of helping people in that drug I'm not saying this is always the case I'm just trying to give an example that intent is probably is probably felt in the body a little bit mm. um that's just like off the cuff like looking at it from the highest perspective I can imagine like how do drugs interact with the body um mm how do we raise our vibration truly a million different ways infinite different ways you know it's just about like being the 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 most enthused the most passionate about life the most um appreciated or like in the state of flow i don't know how you describe it but like joy your vibration is just joy. If you can get to a state of joy through taking drugs, through taking medications, through eating a certain way, through exercising it, through exercising, and it's authentic joy and you're not harming anybody, I say, you know, go for it. <laughs> it's like the best thing you can do. If a person decides to leave Unicult, what happens to them? Same thing as if someone decides to leave Christianity. Like the people at church might be like, where did they go? We miss you. And then they would just like go on with their life. I just think of it like you paid for a lifetime membership. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Come back. <laughs> we basically, I mean, people show up sometimes they'll be like, I haven't been active for two years. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, 
I literally don't care. Welcome back. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't care about time that people aren't participating in Unicult. I only care about time that people are. And I just see like only the positive with that. So, um, there's the, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that I've studied a lot of different religions and their techniques mm -hmm. for growth, you know, and, and how they get members engaged and a lot, it's all, it's almost always fear-based, you know, Jehovah's Witness go door to door because they literally think they're saving people from eternal damnation and mm -hmm. that feels good, but it's rooted in fear and the Scientologists, you know, keep people around through like recording their people's every thought and then blackmailing them if they try to leave, like, that's effective, but it's rooted in, in corruption and fear. So we don't do anything like that, you know, um, to the detriment of our growth, but, um, to the, to the overall, you know, benefit of, of the planet. So when you die in Unicult, where do you go? Wherever you think you're going to go for a while, there's like a period of time after you die. This is just from my own experience being very close to death where you get to experience whatever you expected to experience, but just the same as being born on earth, you eventually have an opportunity to change your vibration and enter into a new reality. It's, life is eternal, you know? So you die, maybe you wake up in a sarcophagus. I have a friend who sometimes wakes up in a sarcophagus with all these aliens standing around him and they say, no, you're, remember you're projecting your body to earth and they send him back, they send him back to his earth body. Um, maybe you wake up there. Maybe you wake up, you know, you're, you're instantly born again in a new life. Maybe you, for me, when I was, um, close to death, I just experienced nothingness. That's what I anticipated experiencing, but I was still conscious, you know, everything was black. There was nothing. And I was like, ah, but I was still there. And I was like, well, this would not be like entertaining for very long. There's nothing happening and I'm still happening. So, you know, maybe I seek out other energies. And at that point, I do believe there, there are systems of, of angelic governance that help guide people through different dimensional realities. I, I think Earth is very much the same as that. Wow. So it, it really sounds like it depends on what you want. It depends on how For you want to experience. The wow. universe is infinite. Your soul is eternal. And where you end up is anyone's guess. <laughs> for those who believe in souls <laughs> I, you know i that's what i think like i didn't believe in souls i didn't believe in the afterlife when i died when i was close to dying mm -hmm. i was two hours away from like being pronounced dead in the middle of nowhere no one should have even known where i was i was completely out i was out and i was out for a long time and what i experienced was just exactly what i thought i would experience which is nothingness blankness you know, ah, there's nothing, nothing happens when you die, except you're still, you're still there. Like you can't escape, you know? And that's something I learned about trying to commit suicide is like, you're just going to wake up in the exact same state that you were in when you, when you left, maybe just a different, you know, sort of reality. I, I oftentimes believe that this is my afterlife. I oftentimes believe that I really did die and that my afterlife is just continuing to live my life because who knows? Nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mystery of life, isn't it? We, we really don't it's know. True. <laughs> what I say, what, I, what we say in Unicult is like, believe whatever makes you happy to believe. If you spend your whole life being like, oh no, eternal damnation, like, and you just like feel like anxiety about it all the time, like, don't believe that. 
if you want to just believe like, oh, like, like the Jehovah's Witness, like I get my own planet and I get to chill with Jesus, like, and have, you know, as many virgins as I want. If that's, I don't know, that sounds kind of toxic, but like, if that truly makes you happy to believe that as like your afterlife and believe it, no one knows. <laughs> don't spend your life like worrying about it. <laughs> Did you have a spiritual guide help you write your text? No. Oh, you like a spiritual one? Like a, a, a demon or a spirit or an angel did something help you write your text? Yes. Everything I am and say is Arcturian, which is a specific uh, alien species. So I'm Arcturian. I'm connected to the Arcturian collective and I'm a direct channel. Basically everything that I say is Arcturian. Because before you put your hands on your head and you said, I'm downloading, I'm getting information. Was there an alien talking to you or how did you get that information? That's um, such a smooth, smoothly worked out process at this point that I can just simply get any information that I am wondering. Like, I never thought about that before, um, but I did download that information. Where did I get that information? I got it from opening my third eye. And what that means is just like saying, I have a right to know this. You have to start from that place because you create, like you basically have to like ask permission. Like if you want any entity to like affect you, you have to say, I give permission for this entity to affect me. That's what the thing about demons is a little bit like victim blamey, but it's true. Like on some level, you've given permission for demons to affect you. You have to like revoke that permission by setting your boundaries. Mm -hmm. So you ask permission, you say, I ask permission to receive this information, this higher understanding. I want to know the answer to this question that this person just asked me. And then you can get that information. Is it aliens? talking directly to me not anymore it used to be that way i used to before i learned how to access information directly i was working through the intermediary of who i call my family they're like my uh, my star family they're like these arcturian intermediaries that work really hard to lower their vibration to be close enough to the vibration of earth so that um, they could act as intermediaries for me to access information they taught me telepathy they taught me how to uh to access this information from the universal consciousness on my own um but there was probably about three or four years where i was working directly with arcturians um to give me information hmm. yeah so you nicole you have a very interesting perspective on demons. It's very similar to the Christian perspective on demons, that there are demons of sleep paralysis and demons of schizophrenia. Now, in the Christian sense, there's demons of homosexuality. Do you believe that there's demons of homosexuality? Some homosexuals are probably affected by demons, but not in any larger percentage than straight people. If there are homosexual demons, there are straight demons. That's all I'm right. saying. Okay. <laughs> that clears it up really easy. <laughs> wow. It's gone really fast today. You know, Cole, I've really enjoyed being able to have a conversation with you and really delve into somebody who is a cult leader who has been involved in the sp supernatural, the spiritual realm. And I suppose this comes to the end of our show today. So I just want to say thanks so much for joining in today. And um, I'm, Great. I'm, I feel great that I've made a new friend. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, same. Thank you so much. And I just want to say one last thing. Um, hug a tree with an open mind and join mm -hmm. Unicult. Thank you for tuning in today. Go into the draw to win $200. Leave a rating and review of this episode of Why Believe on Apple Podcasts today. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Why Believe Podcast for the latest shows, upcoming guests and exclusive content.